Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Penenka Podcast. I am your host, Callum. Today, I'm joined here by Harvey. Hello. And a new guest, Nat. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Nat. It's nice to be on here. Uh, Nat <clears throat> runs a nice little page on Instagram with 50,000 followers. You know, we're getting that clout. But anyway, <laughs> today is the second episode of our rebuilding series. Today, we're going to be rebuilding Arsenal, unfortunately. You thought Man United were bad. This has got so bad. Where we are <laughs> yeah, this, this, yeah, this is going to be interesting. This is so bad to the point There's where we are literally going to be rebuilding <laughs> the Champions League, not for winning, because the win will be here all year. <laughs> but anyway, simply, it's going to be the same format that we did last time where we were manager, goalkeeper, defender, midfielder, forward, and we're going to say what we should do and what changes they should make to you know, start to push for Champions League again. So we're going to start for, with the manager. Nat, what do you think Arsenal should do about the manager situation? Um, I think that Arsenal, we've got to stick with current manager, um, which is Arteta, because he's only just come in recently. And you can't be getting rid of a manager straight away. You've got to give him a few seasons. You've got to back him in a transfer window because there's a lot of dead wood in our team currently. Uh, and he's already starting to see that. because He's leaving out players like Ozil, who he clearly doesn't see thing in his team in the future um, so you've got to let him have a transfer window get rid of the deadwood and th- that's the only way that he's going to be able to build the team that he wants because if you keep replacing the manager um, you're never going to get a proper rebuild so yeah I'd say definitely stick with Arteta for at uh, least at least two seasons uh, yeah I'd say I have to say I agree with that um, Harvey what do you think yeah I'm I'm along the same sort of lines, to be honest. He's, he's, he's not been uh, in charge for long enough for people to make like a, uh, a solid judgment on him just yet. Um, <clears throat> obviously, anybody who has the Arsenal job is going to be under loads and loads and loads of attention. Uh, bad press, this, bad press, that, you know. It's, it's almost a meme to make the Arsenal manager look bad. You had it the same with... Um, uh, towards the end of Arsene Wenger's career, you have the same with. <coughs> so, wait, sorry. No, you know I am right. Unai, what am I talking about? Sorry. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Wrong club. Unai Emery as well. Sorry, yeah. Um, he, he, you know, he. For most of the time, he was that. Maybe a little bit at the start, he was he was sort of let off because he was new, new. But as it went on, it got worse and worse. And now, now I think. Make a break for uh, Arteta. If he has a good transfer window and next season comes in strong, we'll have to see because if Arsenal find themselves mid-table again next season, it, it, he, he won't be keeping hold of his job and it's as easy as that. Yeah, so it looks like we all agree on the manager front to keep Arteta and giving him a chance. Because when he first came in, he did show promise. I believe he went undefeated throughout his first few games and then obviously came in the Man City game. Yeah. That, that not... Yeah, yeah. That naturally knocked confidence in a young team, you know, the way they got absolutely beaten. And probably the injuries as well. Arsenal, since the comeback, have got quite unlucky with injuries with Mare, with Leno, you know. Um, yeah, but, key players. Yeah, but speaking of Leno, we're going to move on to goalkeepers. And I think I'm going to start off with, I think, I think Leno's definitely good enough to be the Arsenal number one. And I think Martinez is good enough for a number two. I really think Arsenal don't need to pour any money into goalkeepers, especially since they have such big holes in the team that need to be sorted out. I think if I was Arteta, I'd keep Leno and Martinez and not really make any changes because I think Leno's proven this season that he's probably carried Arsenal to a fair few points. 
<clears throat> say it was even in the Man City game, I believe he made like something like three key saves in half an hour or something. Or it might have even been more than that. But you know, if you're that talented in goal, you it's clearly the defense that's a problem for him. But uh, I want mm, to know, yeah. um, Harvey, what do you think? Um, yeah, I, I'd have to agree. Much like the Arsenal manager role, the goalkeeper, and for that matter, any other player on the pitch has this expectation almost to live up to, sort of wearing the Arsenal badge. And I think in recent years, that's sort of the meaning of the Arsenal badge has faded more and more because of where they finished in the league and, you know, bad signings. All that sort of stuff. I think Bird Leno as the number one is probably the way forward with Martinez as a backup, definitely. Yeah, and um, last but not least, Nat, what do you think they should do? Yeah, I've got to agree with both of you. I think Leno's definitely proven himself to be good enough. Uh, he had a bit of a shaky season when he first arrived, but, um, you know, he's, he's definitely proven in recent games uh, that he's probably our best player this season I'd say he's carried us to a lot of points uh, he makes key saves every game uh, and he's not making mistakes like previous keepers have um, like for example we used to have Czech in goal and he was just a liability and uh, Leno is definitely a lot more um, trustworthy so yeah I'd, I'd keep Leno Martinez is, is fine as a second keeper you can play him in the cup games when Leno's fit obviously Um and he's, and he's playing the league games. But yeah, I definitely agree. We don't need to invest any money in keepers. There's a lot more key areas that we need to focus on. So um, yeah, definitely keep keep those two keepers, I'd agree. Yeah, so surprisingly, the first two little segments have gone quite, quite easy for us. Keep the manager, keep your goalkeepers. <laughs> this is the interesting part, though. This oh, is God, here we go. Ah, here we go. Defence. And uh, so what I've been looking at, the way I look at it, is I, if I was out there, I would start playing a three-back with wing-backs, kind of what, like, what Conte played, because I feel like you can still play that tiki-taka football that he likes, that, you know, that Pep Guardiola style, even with a five-back, especially because, you know, if you, if you want to play David Luiz, which clearly he does, then you have to have two other centre-backs with him, and you've just got to let David Luiz sweep up, because he just... He can't hack it like he used to be able to at Chelsea. He has to just sweep now and let other people hold the priority. And, you know, they've got Holdings, Ocrates, Saliba coming in, um, Chambers, Pablo Mari. Um, you know, they've got good backup centre-backs, but, you know, kind of starting centre-backs maybe is a problem. So, you know, I'll speak about some of the centre-backs I've got in a few moments. But, uh, Nat, what do you think should happen with a centre-back position? It's um, it's an interesting one. I mean, for years now, we've just had a we've had an issue with our defence. I mean, I'd say ever since, you know, the last time we won the league, uh, we've just had such an issue with it, and it's just slowly got worse and worse. Um, you've just got so many players that are complete liabilities in that defence. Like, I don't think you can look at that Arsenal, uh, the Arsenal defence look at a centre-back right now and think, right, I trust him to, you know, like, keep the ball and distribute it or even just, like, just defend. Like, you know, it's, it's awful. You've, you've got to look at the games and you're playing people like David Luiz and I'm sorry, but some of the mistakes that he's made in recent games for us, you just cannot do when you're playing for Arsenal. I mean, you know, we're still a big club and if you're making those mistakes... It's costing games. He completely costed the match against Manchester City. 
uh, we were in the game uh, up until he came on. And then obviously, you know, he gives away a penalty, gets a red card and gives them a free goal, essentially, with the mistake he made for Sterling. Uh, and that's only just like one of them. And then you've got Mustafi, who's, again, a, a liability. <laughs> so, you know, centre-back position is just... It need, we need two new centre-backs. I mean, we have got promising young talent, I suppose. We've got uh, Rob Holding, who is actually quite solid. He's been playing well when he's fit. But he's not the sort of player that we need right now. We need experience to come in and somebody to lead, lead the defence. Like, you look at Liverpool and they've signed Van Dijk. And he's come in and he's been that leader in the defence. Like, you know you can look at him and trust him to sort of organise the defence. Whereas you look at Arsenal, I can't name one defender at all that I think, right, you can, you know, you can take foot and sort of put your marker down and, you know, make a difference. But, yeah, it's a serious issue. The defence has been what's really let Arsenal down in recent seasons. So that's, I think, where we need to really invest the money. Um, but, yeah, I know that's just... It's appalling, really. I, I, I want to say a lot more, but I, I can't on this podcast, honestly. But um, <laughs> there's a lot of things I want to say. But it's uh, it's definitely the position that we need to focus on, uh, in my opinion. It's the key area that we need to improve on. Yeah, I think it's kind of why this idea of Arsenal kind of being a joke club have come. It's not great. You know, the scoring goals, about, well, I mean, Aubameyang scoring goals, but, mm. you know... It's not they're able to get points, but the way it, they lose points always seems to be from a stupid defensive mistake. Mm. Like David Luiz giving two goals to Man City. Yeah, you just can't then, do that at playing at the top level, especially against you know quality opposition like Man City. They're going to punish you. Like you know, I mean, even today playing against Sheffield in the FA Cup, there were two two goals that were luckily disallowed for being offside uh, for our. You know, as Arsenal fans, we're lucky that those were disallowed. But I mean, within the first 10 minutes, there was a goal disallowed and it was just awful defending. Nobody taking charge in the box, nobody challenging. And it's stuff like that where even against Sheffield, you're going to get punished. So you need somebody that's really going to come in and put the foot down and, you know, clear those balls and, you know, sort of make a difference. But you've got to pay big money for that. And unfortunately, at Arsenal, we don't really have the owners who are willing to invest that. So it is worrying. But that's definitely the position that we need to focus on. Yeah, and you know, to quote a, a legend of our circle, if you don't win the big games, you can't win the big leagues. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, you know, I, am I wrong there? Am I wrong? No, but... Leg- they, legendary, legendary quote. They need to do something. Even if that's spending their entire transfer budget on a good centre-back, they have to do something mm. to like... Socrates is a good quality centre-back and I think he's proved that for Arsenal that he's a good centre-back but then again Socrates is 30-31 now when's he going to start falling off eventually mm, because of age yeah so well, like, we just keep signing old players you know like we're signing David Luiz and there's a reason why Chelsea have sold him you know if he was still top quality they wouldn't sell him and that's the problem we've become a club that just settle for sort of rejects from other clubs and you know we if you want to really compete and get in the Champions League, you can't be just signing rejects from the clubs. It's mentality, that. It is. And I've been doing for a decade. It's, it's not good enough for Arsenal. We've got a lot of money sat in the bank, but, you know, we're not willing to spend it. And 
that's the issue. Like, you've got to go out there and pay top money for a centre-back. I mean, Liverpool are the prime example. I think they spent, is it 75 million on Van Dijk? But it's worth every penny because, mm-hmm. in my opinion, he's been that key player that's really come in and sorted them out. And for me, he's really the player that, if you had to pick one standout player, he's that player who's come in and really, I'd say, won them the league as such because they were a, you know, they were finishing seventh and eighth in the league because they couldn't defend. And Van Dijk's coming in, he's completely changed that round. And I'm not saying he's obviously, you know, going to be the best centre-back in the world or anything, but he has come in and he's shown that he's top quality. And he's shown that if you go out and pay the money, he's going to make a difference. But <laughs> unfortunately, Arsenal aren't willing to invest that. So it's, it's the issue where, you know, we're never really going to get over this defensive problem if we're not going to go out and spend the money. Yeah, I feel like football showed you have to spend the money, like... An example from my own time was we signed Richarlison for fifty million. Everyone, you know, mm. laughed. What a waste of money! We could have sold Richarlison for eighty-five in January. No, oh, definitely, that, yeah. That's the way football works. You've got to spend money, even if it's spending big money on one player and that being your one transfer window, and then maybe yeah. trying to be smart and go through the championship for a good defender or something. You know, after mm. Arsenal for backups, you good. It's just you know that one starting centre back, and you know I've got you know even one here who might cost you one. I've got I've got Chris Smalling. You know. Just got mm. had a great season at Roma, you know, a tackle a game, two interceptions, five clearances, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, it's that he's got that experience and that's what we need. Um but is he that long term is he that long term centre back that's really gonna change things around? He's not. But is that what Arsenal we need a long term solution. But unfortunately the way that the club's going at the moment, we're not gonna get that. So it is sort of just you know, one, yeah. two season and sort of like buys, but... Chris Smalling, you know, sent about the most 50 England caps, you know, someone who might help Saliba and Rob Holding some more, mm. you know. Yeah. Because the at least with Chris Smalling, you're getting... He's a bit older, but at least he's safe, you know. He's not going to make stupid passes or try to flick the ball over world-class attackers' head or even look what yeah, Pablo yeah. did against Brentford. Flicked it over oh, the Brentford player head and mistake. Criminal, yeah. You know, I mean, he's showing even championship teams are taking advantage of David Luiz's mistakes. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, I mean, teams now look at Arsenal on the fixture list and think, you know, we've got a chance of beating them. Like, they feel they feel confident when they come to players. Uh, and back, you know, in the days of like Patrick Vieira, Tony Adams, Saul Campbell, teams would look at us and think, oh God, like I don't want to, you know, come and face Arsenal because we don't feel like we've got a chance like that. Those centre-backs like Stoll Campbell, Tony Adams, attackers would fear, you know, sort of even trying to take them on. Whereas now you look at our defence and attackers relish the fact that they come to play Arsenal. They think they look at David Luiz, Mustafi, and they think, oh, we've got, you know, a field day here. And you can't be having that, you know, because they're just going to completely tear us apart. And it's been shown. We've been torn apart season after season recently. So we, we do need to sort that urgently. Because I feel yeah. like we're not that far off, you know. If we can sign even just one top quality centre back that's really like a Van Dyke, if we can sign somebody like that that's going to come in and make an instant impact, you know, we're not far off really competing for the Champions League. Because I think the defence is the big issue. We've not really got a problem going forward. I mean, obviously that's a, an issue for later on, attacking wise. But I feel like we've got a Bamiyang and players like that. But for now. 
so it's just the defense that really is the worry but yeah it's, we're, we're not far off we just really need to go out and invest the money yeah well I mean the, the issue is here is you know if you want to play David Luiz I pl- feel like instead of playing in a back four you play him in a, like a, back, a back three with two wing backs just because naturally you know then he can sweep he doesn't have to he's not as error prone where he doesn't really have to if you, it seems like Arteta has signed him to be a ball playing defender and if you want that really a league where you know Man United have proven you can dip there and if someone's being world class you know Bruno Fernandes you know you might get mm. a steal and you know an example yeah. is Benfica's Ruben Diaz you know not the highest yeah, tackle numbers yeah. with about 1.5 tackles you know about three clearances but then if you want someone who can play the ball out you've got someone who's passing you know 65 mm. times a game with 90% completion he's got half yeah. a key pass a game five and a half long balls if you want someone who can play a ball there's someone like that in Portugal or you know He's probably still going to cost you 40, 50 million, but he's going to cost you, he's not going to cost you 70, 80, like yeah, English yeah. centre back will. No, no, I think that's sort of the option that we're going to have to go for. We, we don't really have a choice, but like you said, no, that would, I'd definitely be happy with, you know, a signing like that because I think a lot, it's a lot more common now that defenders need to be able to play with the ball at their feet. I feel like, you know, you go back a few years and defenders can just hoof out, but it's a lot different now. Like you look at, Man City and they've got Laporte who can play with the ball at his feet and Van Dijk can play with the ball at his feet. Uh, so you need somebody that can really pass it out and, you know, sort of distribute it well. And we, we don't have that at all at the moment. So, you know, the players get put under a lot of pressure, especially Arsenal, uh, when we don't have the ball. And then when we have the ball, attackers just press us a lot because um, they know that we're not comfortable on it um, defensively. So, I think, yeah, somebody that can play the ball out and is confident that way would definitely be a, a good addition. And if it's 40, 50 million, it's not really, you know, breaking the bank too much. So I'd, I'd be definitely happy with something like that. Yeah, and so we're not here all year. Harvey, is there anything you'd like to say about the centre-backs before we move on? Uh, I think something that's quite interesting that we haven't mentioned yet is only a couple of days ago on the 24th, uh, Louise did actually sign a one-year contract extension. Uh, literally, Ugh. I think it was a day or two after the big mistake that he made. Yeah, it's ridiculous, the, yeah. The horrible game he had, sorry, at City. I think the team usually plays, what, a 4-2-3-1? I think Arsenal are sort of known for, mm. or in the last year or so, at least. Yeah. You know, they've got these wide fullbacks like... Um, uh, like Hector Bellerin, who, who would, from what I've seen, works far better as a wing back rather than your sort of normal fullback or whatever. Uh, yeah. You've got Saka as well, who's, who's sort of taken on a more sort of defensive role um, of late rather than uh, his midfielder sort of role that he sort of burst out with. Um, he would be a good player for the future, but I, if I'm going to be honest, I think. A lot of the back line for Arsenal just need to go. We've right. seen so many fullbacks come in, washed up fullbacks that have just come in, done nothing, and they've just fallen off the face of the earth. You know, we had Lichsteiner come in a couple of years ago. What happened to him? Where's he gone? I haven't heard that name in God knows how long. Yeah. I mean, like, he wasn't a me- Now, this, this might sort of turn a few heads when I say this, but the big Bosnian. Seed Kalasinac, you know, I, I don't rate him. I, I, 
he's, he's a donkey on the ball. He, yes, he's a big guy. And yes, he might have saved it. Ozil was it Ozil from getting robbed at knife point or whatever it was but at the end of the day mate you're there to do a job you're not doing it so I I don't rate him I don't like him I think he's naff Kieran Tierney came with so much potential hasn't started off the season Um, and when he has played he hasn't shined so I I don't see a lot of promise for the back line for Arsenal I think I think putting it down to buying a player like Van Dijk isn't isn't fair almost. It, it, it doesn't do it justice because a player like Van Dijk doesn't just come around for each team. Man United try with their Harry Maguire. Yes, you could argue that he's done bits of that defence, but equally, he's not a Van Dijk and you won't find another Van Dijk. Van Dijk is his own player, you know. He can score goals with his head, with his feet. He, he's had a good free kick on him in the past. You know, he's quick, he's strong. He went second for Ballon d'Or. You know, not many sort of players that aren't strikers do that I don't think it's fair to put it down to one player I think it needs to be a lot of money injected into Arsenal a lot of money put in uh, into their sort of transfer uh, fees and whatnot into their funds sorry uh, and just a complete rebuild with sort of players that are in their prime now I think Smalling would be a good idea Um, I don't think at least from what I've seen and what um, I've heard from you Nat as well that Arsenal don't have the pocket to sort of bring in these huge, huge players. And if they're going to look at sort of replacing a lot of the team, which in my book, and when we get to it later, they will need, they will, sorry, they will have to do, they're going to have to look at bringing in players that aren't superstars, but, you know, are sort of comfortable with that now. I've got the list of every single um, registered defender for the first team here, and I can't think of a name that impresses me. Hector Bellerin, a couple of years ago, when he burst on the scene, everyone was saying, oh my God, you know, this, that, and the other. He's faster than Walcott. No way, he's this, that. The guy's a, a model. That's, that's his most sort of redeeming quality, is that he wears fancy things on Instagram and makes sort of headlines for wearing 65,000 pair of loafers or whatever, some, some crap like that, you know. Like it's, it, it's a joke. And I think this sort of pays pays in to the price of why Arsenal have this reputation of just being a joke club and all of this Matt is nothing against you at all because I'm a West Ham fan and I know what it's like to be a joke club but as a West Ham fan I recognise where we're meant to be you know bottom on a good day mid-table team for the most part bottom you know like not 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 attractive football not not these big names. Arsenal, historically, have been this club that have been way up high. You know, they had the unbeaten season. They've got numerous league titles and FA Cup wins under them. You know, they had Arsene Wenger era with them as well. But, like, I, I just haven't seen that sort of club. And sorry to waffle. I know this is only about the defenders at the moment. But now that we've, we've got to it, it's, it's, it's something that I think will apply to not just the defence, but all over the pitch. I think the goalkeeper escapes lucky here, but I think Arsenal need lots of attention all over the field. Uh, that's, that is my waffle over for the defence, I think, before I go too deep, get in well, trouble. Yeah, I feel like with the full marks, I feel like realistically, you know, Kieran Tierney was injured. I think he deserves a chance. He was okay against Man City, but, you know, there was he couldn't have saved that. Bellerin, 
well against Man City. I can't think of one player that even turned up, you know, apart from, you know, Leno. He's the only player that really I could think, you know, yeah. does the coach home. The other should have walked it home. It was just shambles against City, but, yeah. Well, yeah, as well. And I think Bellerin, to be honest, when he tries and when he's on his days, I think he's one of the better right-backs in the league, you know. I feel like I when he really when... puts his foot down and works, he is really talented. But when, if, will he do that? But I feel like under Arteta, a fellow Spaniard, you know, maybe someone he looked up to, you know, might be able to bring the best out of Bellerin. I think while yeah. we're here, just quickly, uh, I, we mentioned this before, actually, uh, on a different podcast. There's not, or at least I don't see a player in the defence, at least, that plays football for the badge knowingly. Uh, I think you could put a case forward for Rob Holding, obviously brought up through the ranks. Um, yeah. I think with, with Arsenal not having um, Arteta as the manager, you know, an Arsenal boy for some time, um, I think maybe we could see like a change of mind from some players. Some players are going out and putting everything they've got on the line to get their club fought, rather than, you know, like with Bellerin, a fashion icon, or like with Louise, he wants to stay in English football because that's where it is globally. Um, rather than sort of taking the paycheck, I, I, yeah, I, I would like to see a lot more players playing for the badge. And I think with Arsenal bringing through these youth players, they've got a lot of at the moment, and we'll talk about more as we go forward with the team. Um, Hopefully, we'll see more of that. I think that'll play into Arsenal's uh, future success, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, but if I'm Arteta, I simply just do not touch the fullback right now. It's not, it's not like it's a situation of Arsenal, you know, having money. They need to um, work on other parts of the pitch and, you know... Fullbacks, they do, I feel like they've they've got struck lucky with fullbacks. Twenty five million for Tierney, I think was a good price. Bellerin, I, I think Bellerin doesn't play for the badge all the time, but he's shown that he does, and I think his loyalty to the team has shown that. You know, but you yeah. know, before we're here all day about the defense, that's what we think about the defense. It's god awful, but anyway, we if we move on to the midfield. This is where I think it gets quite interesting, and where it actually has some potential for Arsenal with, in my opinion, them having some decent players like Torreira and, you know, and Danny Ceballos can be okay, but he's only on the one. You know, um, Nat, what do you think about the Arsenal midfield? I think it's, uh, not, it's again, it's another interesting area. Um, I think we've got a lot of good players, but they're not top quality players. I look at our midfield and we've got some potential coming through. We've got you know, we've got Guendouzi, who's young. Uh, he's promising. Uh, and he's shown that he's got quality, but he just lacks that experience and sort of discipline. Uh, you've got Xhaka, who, for me, I'm just so in the middle about Xhaka. I think he's a good player. And the stats have actually shown that whenever he plays, we do tend to win most of our games. But... Is he that sort of top quality midfielder that we need? I'm not too sure. Um, you're looking at also, I, I was just thinking actually, well, Saka, who's one of our youth players, he's essentially a defender, but he's been playing sort of up more up the pitch in midfield. And he's actually been probably one of the sort of finds of the season, I think, because when he's played for us, he's got quite a few assists and he's not scared to go forward or. Um, 
and he's been quite a key player in our recent matches. He's been the one that's sort of shown, you know, desire to go forward. Um, so midfield, I think, you know, and then you've got Ozil as well, but I mean, he's just sort of a lot of balls at this point in time. He's just sort of picking up a wage packet at the moment. He doesn't even get, he didn't even make it to the bench anymore. So I just definitely, we need to offload, you know, quite a few of them. I think if you're wanting to, for this current stage, you're going to keep Xhaka because he's that sort of player that sort of sticks in there. Hold get, him yeah, sort of gets himself stuck in, which is what we need. Uh, you've got Gwendozi, who's obviously a prospect. You can't expect him to do all of it. You can't expect him to do the full job right now. Um, and Ozil, he just needs offloading, I think. He's, he doesn't even perform when he, when he plays. Uh, and he's on a stupid wage. And I think, talking about the transfer budget, I mean, 350 grand a week, if you can get that off the wage bill, that really does free up quite a lot of money. Uh, to sign other players and or give money to other players as well, but the midfield I think is it's a problem. But again, I just think it's not the key area that we need to focus on right now. Um, but I mean, it's just again, it's not it's not good enough to be challenging for the Champions League, and that is what we need to be aiming for right now because currently we are a mid-table team, and you know, as Arsenal, we shouldn't be a mid-table team. You know, we're not. We're not the sort of club that should be there. You know, we're not a Tottenham. <laughs> you know, we've got history and stuff. So we, we, we need to be up there challenging. But yeah, it's just a massive overhaul is needed. But like I said, Arteta needs time. He needs to offload the players that he doesn't like and doesn't see fitting into his system and hopefully sign some, some players that he can see sort of improving us. Yeah, so... I feel like, you know, I feel like the midfield, you know, if we're working on a small budget, you can't really change much of it. But, you know, one man who has been rumoured is, is Thomas Partey, and that's for a swap with Lacazette. And if I'm brutally honest, I feel like with Saka, Martinelli and Ketia, they're decent. You know, I feel like Saka or Martinelli will start, I feel like. And I feel like, to be honest, they have deserved to. I would put Saka over Martinelli right now because Martinelli... You know, he gets goals, but he does seem a bit more raw than Saka. And I feel like yeah. Saka has proved he's got attacking talent, but I think a breakout from left-back's harder than as a left-winger. But I feel mm. like if I was Arsenal, I take the punt and I give Atletico Lacazette for Thomas Partey. And, you know, Partey's proved his talents in Madrid for a few years now. Um, you know, he's averaging around 3.6 tackles, one and a half interceptions, you know. And then I think he's averaging, like, almost two dribbles a game. Yeah, he's averaging, you know... Yeah, he's averaging two dribbles a game, 1.6 key passes a game, you know. Yeah. And I, th I think that was Champions League, I was saying. So even if we look into the La Liga, that's, you know, two tackles, 1.3 interceptions, 1.2 clearances, you know. Then we go into dribbles, you know, 1.7 dribbles, you know, a key pass a game. And you have to look at it from the perspective that, you know, it's not like Atletico got to the Champions League group stages and then got knocked out. Atletico are still in the Champions League after knocking out Liverpool. And, you know, party, yeah. if they're saying, you know, we'll accept that for Lacazette, I feel like Arsenal, with the forward talent they're bringing through, I feel like that's something they have to say yes to. 100%. I agree with that. Definitely. He's definitely a player that would fit into the way we play as a team. And he's also, he would definitely uh, improve the midfield currently. Because, I mean, you've got players, you know, like Torreira, who are good, but they're not really that, 
you know, they're not that player that you can look at and think, you know, you're solid, you know, he's an average player. He does his job, but he's not that sort of player you think, all right, you know, you're standout. And I think uh, Partey would definitely be a, a good signing. He's quite young as well. Um, and if it's for Lacazette, I think 100% you should swap it because Lacazette to me, he's, he's an average quality striker in my eyes um, and has been for some time now. He's really not sort of hit it off in the Premier League but like the way I thought he might do. Um, so yeah, and he's and Lacazette's sort of getting on now age-wise. Obviously, he's not anywhere close to retiring, but he's definitely not young. So I think it would definitely be a deal that Arsenal should capitalise on if that is the case. Yeah, so uh, I don't know how you believe, Harvey. I don't know if you agree with us that maybe, you know, bringing someone like Thomas Partey in for a Lacazette swap is a good idea because I really think he could solidify the midfield. But anyway, Harvey, what do you think about something like that? Um, <laughs> I'm not going to be as harsh as I was with the defence. I, I do look at this team and I think, you know, They've got a lot going for them, but equally, there's. I, I think Nat said earlier, like, um, there's a lot of players that just need to leave Arsenal and stop, stop, sort of coming out and making these half-hearted performances. Uh, Arteta needs to just put his foot down and say, "Look, I need you, you, you. I don't need you, you, and you." And I think with this team, from what I've heard in the last week at least, you know, you got when is apparently un unsettled and thinking of moving or wanting to move, sorry. Ozil is Deadwood. I, I, if you say anything but that, I, I, I cannot agree with you. And mm. you'd have to do well to change my mind of anything because he hasn't been good for two years. He's 31, he's turning 32 uh, late this summer, summer, winter, sorry. Um, Lucas Torreira, I think he, he's been brilliant. I don't agree with the Kante versus Torreira debate and him being better, I think Kante is miles better than that man. But as far as Arsenal go, I think he's he's a good little workhorse to keep in the middle. I think he does enough on the field for them, for the fan base to respect him and to want him to stay. I think if he did go, fans would be um, outraged by it because he's 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 been one of the better midfielders that they've seen there. Uh, in the last few years at least Granit Xhaka Nat definitely said this earlier you know 50-50 I've got a few mates that support Arsenal and half of them seem to absolutely detest him and some of them think that he's God's gift I I, I don't think there's any sort of like, in the yeah. middle um, I know a while ago he he, he he had a bad run of games and he he, he got a lot of stick uh, from the fan base and there was a petition going around to get him to stand down from being captain. Uh, I don't actually know if that was the case. Has he stepped down now or is he, is he still the got stripped, uh, He got stripped of his captaincy and I think rightly so because he, he disrespected the badge and the fans. Obviously, he was under a lot of stick um, and I can understand, you know, from his point of view, it's tough, you know, wear the captain's armband and constantly be, you know, abused. But, at the, end, at the end of the day, you're playing for Arsenal. You know, it's a big team. And as soon as you step in to the, this football club, you know that there's expectation on you. And, you know, if you're not turning up and you're costing us at the time, which he was definitely, you know, he was really costing us points in a lot of the mistakes that he was doing. He was making, you know, you know silly passes that were just giving away possession. 
he wasn't really tracking back enough. And at the end of the day, the fans, you know, pay a lot of money to go watch the football. And if you're constantly making mistakes, they're going to voice their opinion. And I think the fans have a right to voice their opinion. You Every know, club has the same. But I, I think with Arsenal being what they've sort of known to be over the last two or three decades, you know, this huge, huge club that plays uh, at the top of English football. Now with... Uh, I think you just saw my sock and sandal there, actually. That was gross. <laughs> uh, with him, him sort of being... The, the player that people look to to hold the midfield I I don't think he's got it in his locker now on the other hand a slightly more positive note uh, we've seen Joe Willock come through the Arsenal ranks he's, he's, he's proved this season you know he's, he can score goals he's got good feet he can get back and forward uh, I don't think he's had a lot of time to Sort of prove himself. He'll he'll turn 21 later this summer, um, which I think is a brilliant sign for Arsenal. And if they can manage to keep a player like that at the club, it'll encourage more sort of youngsters that are coming to the Arsenal ranks to think, "Hang on a minute, if this guy stayed here since he was 12, 13 years old, why can't I?" And then sort of go on to become a club icon. I I think that's a thing that um, clubs like Man United have had for so long, they've always had this player come through their ranks, burst on the scene and be the top dog in the club, get all the headlines sort of thing. I think Arsenal needs more of that. Uh, Matthew Smith as well, another good player. We haven't seen half as much as him on the field. But again, showing great signs of what Arsenal need in the next few years, like a burst of pace every now and then. Xhaka is... <laughs> There's no words. He's, he's, he's slow. He's like... He's like a donkey. I think I said earlier about um, the same with Louise. You know, he'll have one good game and expect everyone to sort of forget the six bad games that he's had in a row before sort of thing. I think there's got to be a lot of change. One thing we haven't mentioned, actually, is Ceballos uh, mm. on loan from Real Madrid. Do you, do you get to make that permanent deal on that? Do you take, like, an ex-loan deal? Like, where's he mm. going back? What's, what's the... Uh, Genuinely don't rate Sabios. I think that he's he's good, but he's just for me, he's not that player that we really need right now. I think you've got you've got players that do the exact same job as him, you know. You know, he makes a few good passes each game, but I mean obviously today he just scored the winner for us. But I mean apart from that, he's not really apart apart from that, I can't really think of anything where he's made a you know, a big impact in a game. I know at the start of the season, I, I was at a match when we played Burnley at the Emirates and he was man of the match in that game. And he was like outstanding. He was making... He had a good start, a good start when he was there. He got a yeah, goals. he had a good start. But since then, for me, he's just not really done anything that deserves him to have a contract at Arsenal. And I don't think he wants to stay anyways. I think he's come out and said he's going to go back to Real Madrid. Oh, wow. Uh, me, you know, if you don't want to be at the club, then I don't want you there. You know, I want players right now bring it sort of back to the point you were saying, Harvey, that want to play for the badge. We don't have enough of those. And I feel like a lot of players are sat at Arsenal just picking up a wage, you know, thinking, oh, this is an easy life. But, you know, we need players that want to play for us. And, you know, if, you're play, if you don't want to come and you just want to pick up a wage, we'll, you know, just leave because we don't need players like that. We're going to need people that are committed to, 
sort of getting this team turned around and getting us back to the top. And, you know, players like Ozil, you know, it's, you see, he comes out and he's got great PR, but at the end of the day, all he cares about is picking up his wage packet. Um, and, you know, he's dead wooden now. Unfortunately, he's going to move on. He had a good few seasons at Arsenal. Brilliant. He should have had top assists, really, in the Premier League, but we had Giroud up front. Oh, that, yeah. I, yeah we should I have won the I mentioned that earlier when I said Ozil, sorry. He, he had one of the best seasons we've seen from a midfielder in the Premier League uh, in recent time. I, I remember he was on, I think the Premier League record for assists in a season is 20, isn't it? Was it 21, 22, Thierry Henry? Um, it was 20, Ozil, I think. Pardon, sorry? I think it's 20 and Ozil finished with 19, I'm pretty sure. Ozil had something like, I think it was like 15 or 16 assists in like February. Like, yeah. there were so many games left for the season. If and we just, just decided to become this donkey and not, not put away anything. He, he could finish his dinner, which I guess, I guess for oh, a player like Ozil, and sorry to sort of cut you out here, but no, it's, it's important to sort of say when we're slating a player like Ozil, what, what he's had as a career, you know, he played with prime Ronaldo at Real Madrid. You know, he was, he was at the top of his game. He was getting 20, 30 assists a season plus 10 goals. He was, he was doing unbelievable things. And then not only to come to England and do it, but do it for more than one season was absolutely absurd. But again, with Arsenal having this problem with like a big dominant striker, I think that's that's part of his downfall. And Giroud, not to knock him, you know, he scored some beautiful goals in his time, but he he never was a thirty goal a season no. player. I think I think he might have peaked at 20, 22, 23 goals a season for Arsenal. I think at, at the very best, which was good. But Özil Özil come from playing with the likes of Benzema, Higuain, yeah. you know. Uh, and Ronaldo to to Giroud, and there's there's not really a level of comparison there. So yeah, it's unfortunate for Ozil because I think in his best seasons at Arsenal, he didn't really have that striker in front of him that sort of would have you know sort of backed up those stats. Like I mean, he managed to get 19 assists with Giroud up front. So just imagine if he had a top <laughs> striker, yeah. imagine what the numbers could have been. Yeah. I mean, definitely, if we'd had a player like Aubameyang when Ozil was in his prime at Arsenal, we, we would have won the league. And I think, you know, it's that sort of business that we've done in the past where we could have signed a top quality striker and we haven't. And it's sort of cost us, you know, in terms of titles. And now we've got a Bamiyan, but Ozil's sort of, you know, past his best. And it's like, you know, it's just... A prime like, Ozil with a Bamiyan would have been... It would have been lethal. Ridiculous. It would have been crazy. We'd have had the best attack in the league, hands down, at that at that time. Um, but you know, it, it's now it's just for me the worst bit of transfer business we've done in recent years was actually giving Mesut Ozil three hundred and fifty grand a week instead of Sanchez. We we gave that money to to Ozil, and in my eyes, it should have gone straight to Sanchez, who had proven himself, come in, made an instant impact, was hands down our best player. You know, he won his games on his own. And I think we should have definitely said to Ozil at that point, you know, it's time for you to move on and sort of prioritise Sanchez because he was more of a key player in my eyes. 
And I think most Arsenal fans will agree with that. Yeah, I but, mean... Uh, yeah. I think you have to look at it like... You could argue when Alexis Sanchez were his best for Arsenal, he was the best player in the Premier League. You could have oh, easily made that argument. Yeah. Was, and, you know, he had the same problem as Ozil eventually. Sitting on his ass, couldn't be bothered, you know. Made that much money and he wanted the move to Man United and it just never picked up for him because you know yeah, yeah. I just feel like before I'm sick of the fact that there was nobody in front of him to be honest because you looked at our team and Sanchez I mean if you're playing the way that Sanchez was playing you're sort of the only man in the team that's really doing anything you know we still had Giroud up front I mean we had Lucas Perez who actually went to West Ham eventually from Arsenal that's not talking uh, about that it was just another mediocre striker. We never really had that one player. Obviously, Aubameyang came in um, towards the end, but you know, it was just never really. It was never really that player that Sanchez needed in front of him. It was always the pressure was on Sanchez, and I think you know we we were at that stage where we weren't going anywhere under Wenger. And obviously, if you're playing how he was, you're not going to want to you're not going to want to stick around. And I feel like Sanchez is more of a player that wants to win trophies compared to Mesut Ozil right now. I think Ozil's happy, the way he's come out and said he's happy to stay at Arsenal. And obviously, why wouldn't you be picking up a massive wage for basically doing nothing? Uh, and that's not the sort of player that we need at the club. So, yeah, for me, definitely, if we could get rid of Ozil and get rid of the wage bill there, it just frees up a serious amount of money to sort of either give it to a player like Aubameyang to convince him to stay or invest it again in a defender or, or another midfielder. But, um, yeah, I think the midfields, just, it's got promising players coming in like Willock and Doozy. I think also Maitland-Niles deserves a mention as well, actually. He yeah, played. does. Um, and I think I'd actually prefer him to start ahead of... Um, Hector Bellerin because I think him and Pepe actually link a lot better than Bellerin like, I think Maitland Niles plays to his strengths a lot more um, but I think he wants to be a midfielder uh, Maitland Niles but if he could just sit in that right back role he's like definitely even just playing as a you know sort of like a, a sort of you know like a wing back midfielder or whatever he definitely deserves a mention. So there is promise, but again, it's just one of these things where it's currently not good enough to challenge. Yeah, I feel like Arsenal need to be careful about that with Maitland Niles, though, because, you know, we've literally seen this situation before. Arsenal push a, prom a promising player to wing back. They say, no, I want to play my preferred position. They leave for another club that will wear red and win a Premier League title. You know, Otto yeah. Chamberlain, who a player I think would have really helped Arsenal as a midfielder, you know, as a more central yeah. midfielder. Yeah. He's proven he, he can was, be. You can he have was a bit. Oh, go on, you go on. No, I was just going to say, I was just saying, Chamberlain was a bit hot and cold, really. I don't know, he sometimes turned up and sometimes didn't, but I think we did a brilliant bit of business selling him for 40. Was, was it 40 million? Is that how much you sold him for? Yeah, Liverpool paid us some silly money for him, and I think at the time it was definitely. A good bit of business but you know um it's yeah we don't we can't afford to lose you know promising players we've done it for years and years and it we need to keep on to these players because otherwise we just it's just a repeated cycle isn't it we're never going to get anywhere yeah but yeah i feel like if you've got 40 million from him then i was completely wrong but you know um 
I feel like Maitland Niles is someone they should try to keep, obviously, unless someone comes and offers forty million for him, but you know. I think just before we go to the the strike, actually, I've just thought of a few things uh sort of end the midfield on if if you guys are both sort of done with your say. Um nobody's mentioned Emil Smith Rowe. Uh, he's out alone at the moment. Um yeah. he he in I think correct me if I'm wrong, Nat, but I I think Emil Smith Rowe was played in like cup games and was it the Europa League where he, he started yeah. scoring a few goals for Arsenal? Um and then obviously the season is out on loan now. I thought that was a good shout. Um also with Urzel, yeah, he's got this disgusting three hundred and fifty K, you know, a third of a billion billion million a week wage. Uh, his his contract does expire at the the end of next season. So whether or not it's it's waiting for him to leave on a free or trying to scrape any money that you can for him uh, in the meantime, um, I, I'm not entirely sure what Arsenal fans would take of that. But just yeah. as, as a very very last point on that, do you remember that in 2018, me and you went to go watch the North London derby, and Torreira. And you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. Torreira gets the fourth goal to make it 4-2. Um, that was brilliant. Matt, Matt gets carried a few rows forward uh, <laughs> with all the crowd going crazy. The flares everywhere, obviously. But I, I just thought that was, that was a good mention because um, you've, you've got a post about it on your, on your page. I saw earlier uh, from uh, a couple of years ago, there's a post about it saying that the atmosphere is brilliant. And it was. It was... It was absolutely brilliant. Obviously, it's like a West Ham fan going to watch an Arsenal versus uh, Tottenham game isn't isn't ideal. But uh, I'm glad I did. Four two was a brilliant result, and I think I'm at now. I, I think it's quite wise to move forward to the uh, the strikers gap if if you want to start that off. Yeah, it's like the forward line, and you know, I think realistically, we're all going to say Pepe should start and take that right sided spot. You know, he cost a lot of money, and he's been decent. You know, he was like the the big mention first player, you know, in his first game, oh, there you go, he dribbles past Van Dijk like two or three times in one game. You know, he's proven he has talent and it's kind of like that in that issue if he doesn't have the end product yet, but, you know, Raheem Sterling didn't have end product. You know, there's all these, Cristiano Ronaldo didn't have end product at first, you know. You've got to look at it and, you know, I'm not comparing Pepe to Ronaldo, but, you know, maybe, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I can see a little bit of Raheem Sterling in Pepe. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like if you just give him chance and, you know, if at first you let him create and, you know, you say, listen, pal, you know, you create our chances, you do this and that, then eventually, you know, he may grow into his own where he can just dribble past three or four players and slot it top corner like a Sterling can now. Or, you know, I feel like he has to stay. And then on the left, I feel like with Saka and Martinelli, you don't really need to make any changes there either. No, I can agree with that. Um, just on the Pepe thing as well, actually, I feel like, the media really has got onto his back in his sort of debut season. I think, obviously, he didn't start. I wasn't, you know, firing, you know, straight away as soon as he's come in. But there's a stat here, and it's he's actually been directly involved in 16 goals this season. He scored eight goals and had eight assists. And only Aubameyang has actually been involved in more goals for Arsenal. And I think, obviously, just because he hasn't, you know, scored 20 goals or whatever, He's actually contributed quite a lot in games. He may not have had, you know, bags of assists or bags of goals, but his sort of like presence, he t- he's not scared to take on a defender. 
And that's obviously the sort of player we need. And it's only going to grow with confidence as well. You know, he's only just come into a league where it's a lot more competitive than you know the league he's come from, considering he used to play in the French league, where I, I don't think it's really that competitive at all. Um, you've come into a lot more sort of physical league as well. The Premier League's quite a you know a tough league for attackers. Like defenders will not be scared to sort of put in a, a rough challenge. And there's been many times in games where he's obviously been swiped out. Not to name one against West Ham, where I think it was uh, I can't remember who did it now, but completely cleaned him out. <laughs> um, but oh, I think yeah, harsh on Pepe this season. You've got you've got to give him next year, where he's you know he's had his season to sort of settle in, and then that's when you judge him. I don't think you can sort of make a call on him right now and say you know you're not good enough. I think um, you've got to give him next year for sure. But he's definitely a player that needs to start for us because we paid big money for him and he, he's got a lot of potential. He's shown promise. So I think next year is definitely the year where if he's going to hit off, then it, it'll happen next year for him. I don't know what you guys think about it. Yeah, I think Pepe will hit off. And speaking of the forward line, you know, if we look at someone else from Lille, who you may get to replace Aubameyang, you know, because in my opinion, I think Aubameyang goes and I've got two options. And, you know, like we said, I think the left side stays the same. Martinelli has 10, I believe, and, you know, Zach has been a massive impact. So, you know, especially with Martinelli, you got him from some back-end club in Brazil, didn't you? That, yeah. was, that no one had heard of, you know, realistically. So, you know... Yeah. A little yeah, find. It's a great find for Arsenal. And, you know, maybe that's... that. Maybe that, you know, speaking, maybe that's the way that you improve the club in the future. Clearly, you've got good enough scouts that maybe you send them to uh, these countries where you won't find... Let me think, maybe Ukraine or some country where maybe not any... You don't find many players, and you know, because there's all, all the big scouts are in France, Spain, Germany, mm. Brazil. Yeah. You know, I, that's why you see a lot of teams like um who have big things in their country. Um, PSG have a really good academy in their country, and you know, not a lot of people give it. But you know, you've got Uncle who plays for um plays for Leipzig. You've got all these players. You've got um oh, you've got um Dial, oh, I believe, came through PSG. You know, they've got quite a lot of players and it's because they can base all this big money in their own country. Arsenal have a big academy, but I don't think they can do that. So if I was Arsenal, if you've not got much money to spend, I feel like you have to try pump as much into your academy as possible. But mm. if we're talking, you're going to get 50 million for Aubameyang, let's say. Then there's someone like Victor Osmihen who plays in Lille, plays for Lille, plays in Liga, and, you know, 13 goals, four assists, you know, 4.4 aerial duels won. So he can do stuff in the air, but you know, he's kind of like he's similar to Aubameyang, maybe because he's not as he's not as clinical yet. But in the end, he is only he's 21, but he's incredibly quick and he can pressure defenders. And as I've just stated by his you know aerial wins, you know, 4.4 again is a lot. So he's proven he'll get up and he'll take chances. And you know, you have to look at it as a sense that um, there isn't many strikers that you can get for 50 million who are young. So this is someone who maybe could help create for Pepe, create for Martinelli and Saka, bring everyone into the game. But if not him, then, you know, maybe if he, he does go to Real Madrid, maybe you do take the punt on Luka Jovic from, you know, he hasn't had the best season, but that's not because he barely played, you know. In um, 18-19, in all, he played all... So basically in every competition, he played 63 games, got 35 goals and 11 assists. He had 17 in the Bundes. No, he had 18 in the Bundesliga, 
he had, um, or is it six? I'm going to say 17. Uh, 17 in the Bundesliga, he had five assists. Then in the Europa League, obviously, Nat, you should know a lot about this. You know, you may have not known who Frankfurt won, but I can imagine a lot of Arsenal fans were thinking, don't match us up with that team because, you know, they were smashing everyone. They had, you know, Harvey's favourite striker, Sebastian Aller, up front with um, Jovic, and those two were just punting in goals for fun, you know. I feel like if you can maybe, I know it might sound a bit ridiculous, but if you can take 20 million and Jovic, I feel like that's the best outcome you can get because I believe Jovic is still really young. I think he's, what, 22? 22, 23? 22, and it's not like he's small. He's quite a physical guy. So, you know, I feel like he's someone you could you could trust to, you know, lead a front line. And if not, you know, you could probably sell him on next season for more than what you paid, really. Mm, yeah. I just feel like, for me, Aubameyang... I'm so stuck on whether or not he's actually going to leave. Like, part of me thinks he'll stay, and then part of me does think he'll leave. But if I'm looking at the situation, if I'm people managing Arsenal, you know, his goals are genuinely invaluable. Like, you couldn't put a price on it. Like, he has literally scored, I can't remember, something crazy. Like, without his goals this season, we'd be sat 18 in the Premier League. And it's like, that is appalling to think That's that... That's right, 18th. It's just happening again. It's like Aubameyang is doing what Sanchez was doing, and if we let Aubameyang go, as soon as Sanchez as soon as Sanchez left, we all all of our goals essentially dried up for a period of time. There was no sort of like player you could look to in a big game and think, right, he's going to be the player to get that goal. And if we let Aubameyang go, I'm really quite concerned that we're not going to be able to replace his goals, even if we were to sign. You know, even if we did that swap deal with Real Madrid, I just don't think that it's going to provide us with the goals that we need. And especially if Lacazette's going as well for Partey. I mean, you've got no sort of standout striker as such. I mean, you've got, you know, Nketiah, but you can't rely on him to bang you in 30 goals a season because he's only young. You know what I mean? So for me, I think Arsenal need to do absolutely everything to hold on to Aubameyang. If that's, you know, selling Ozil, getting rid of his wage, do it 100%. If that's even, you know, selling Lacazette and Ozil, you've just got to, for me, you've got, we've got to hold on to Aubameyang. I think if we lose him, we're in serious trouble. But then again, obviously, it is up to him as well whether or not he wants to stay. Um, and at this stage of his career, he's obviously going to want to go and win a big trophy and, you know, probably the Champions League or... And he, he's not going to currently do that with Arsenal. So it's just whether or not he's going to be willing to stay and sort of help us in this transition period, whether or not he's going to leave. But for me, I think Arsenal need to be doing absolutely everything they can to hold on to him. But, I mean, obviously we have got a lot of promising talent coming through. You've Martinelli, like you mentioned, he's had a really good season. You know, so when he's played, he's scored some big goals away at Chelsea. One was... Uh, it was a very good goal, actually. Like he had a lot of composure, sort of running one on one with the keeper, and I think, and in those situations, as well. Yeah, yeah, he takes it past Kante, and I think actually it was more of an impressive finish because of the amount of time that he had. I feel like a lot of players, if you've got that much time to think about what you're doing, you can sort of mess it up. But he was composed and he slotted it away, and then. Um, yeah, and Ketia, he's played well, and you've got like Reese Nelson and stuff. So it's a lot of promising talent, but we just need that striker that's going to bang us 30 goals a season. 
and currently that is a Bamiyan, but if we do lose him, I'm very concerned about you know where our goals are going to come from. I don't know if, what you guys think about it, but for me, I think Arsenal need to be you know hands down doing everything to keep hold of him. Yeah, I think you have to do everything to keep him, but in the end, there's the chance that he doesn't stay. And you know, you know, mm. if you want to take the risk, you know, there's even um, someone in uh, Austria called Patson Daka. You know, who has twenty? Says he has twenty-four goals here, and he's thirteenth for the golden shoe. You know, mm. if you want someone cheap and you have to take a risk, then you know, take the risk on the guy. You know, it says here that he's incredibly, incredibly pacey, a good goal scorer. You know, and I guess in Austria, but he played with the same team as Haaland, and you know, he mm. clearly must have been scoring when Haaland was scoring too, unless he scored twenty-four goals since January. You know, yeah, Haaland, yeah. Haaland's proven to work now, but you know, there's always you could always take a punt. You know, you could Gwendozi doesn't want to stay. Okay, thirty million for Gwendozi, fifty million for Aubameyang, sell some other Deadwood. Then you could be like, you know what? Let's spend seventy million on a striker. Let's do it. You know, obviously, if we are getting rid of, you know, Deadwood or players that don't want to be there, you can easily, you know, if it's Gwendozi, thirty million, like you said, you, you can definitely get that for him. And I think it is just going to be a sort of phase where we are getting rid of the players that don't want to be there and we've just got sort of we've got to spend smartly at the moment I feel like if we can hold on to Aubameyang then we can prioritise the defence which for me is the area that needs you know sort of looking at mainly but if we do lose Aubameyang striker becomes a priority for me because without those goals you know you're not goals win games and unfortunately if you've not got a player that's going to score those goals you really are screwed. So it's like, I think it's worrying times if we don't hold on to Aubameyang. But I'm I'm praying that he does stay because he is hands down our best attacker. Oh, 100%. And you could argue he's the best attacker in the league. But, you know, even looking at other players, that might not cost you a lot of money because of where they are, you know. Maybe you can tout Danny Ings for like 30 million. And, you know, if he can score being created from plebs in Southampton you know if you've got yeah. Pepe created for him and it's I feel like a problem with Arsenal especially is one thing I have to mention is when Arsenal seem to bring players in they just seem to um and I know this might sound weird but they expect them to just you, you fit my role Giroud you're our big pressing forward even though you're a big bumbling target man who you know should have balls hoofed into him and should be create you shouldn't really be creating and doing stuff like that I feel like yeah. if you get Danny Ings in, you don't go to Danny Ings, okay, you play the same role as Aubameyang. You go, okay, you're not as talented as Aubameyang with the ball at your feet, so we're going to change our system to put it around Danny Ings. We're going to change our system to put it around Jovic. I feel like Arsenal need to be a lot more fluid with the tactics now because that's what every other good manager does. They build, You build a system around your star striker. You don't fit the striker into your system. Yeah. I think that's the mistake that we actually did with Ozil. We should have, when as soon as we signed him, we should have built the team around him, because obviously when we signed him, he was in his prime still, and that's the mistake that we made. We should have gone out, got that top quality striker, you know, uh, that would have given Ozil the sort of player that he needs to feed, and it's gone from there. But again, poor transfer business from Arsenal. We didn't do that. And I think now, obviously, Ozil's, you know, as we've said, he's sort of dead words. With Aubameyang, if we can keep him, you've got to sort of build the team around him because he is obviously that target man. He's that main guy that's going to 
get you those goals. He's your match winner. If you can build a team around him, obviously he's he's is he thirty now, something yeah, like that. Thirty-two, I think, last last month, uh, but, two weeks ago. Yeah, so he's he's old. So I say building a team around him maybe not the best idea. But if we're looking at a short-term solution, if you can get players that you know sort of fit to sort of play with him, then that's the best that we can do. Because I feel like even if we risk. So let's say we don't sell Aubameyang this year and we let him run his contract all the way down. If he scores the goals for us to get into the Champions League next season, for me, that's completely worth getting no money for Aubameyang because having that Champions League money is like it's complete gold dust for us right now. And just being in the Champions League alone helps attract bigger players because obviously they want to play in the top competitions. So, I mean, if he doesn't sign a new contract... I would be, I would be, you know, for risking getting no money for Aubameyang and holding on to him and just hoping that he scores the goals for us next year. Um, but obviously, you know, you don't know if that's going to happen because with Sanchez, he sort of became unmotivated and not bothered. So you just, it's a risk. It's a risky game. But I think, you know, his goals are, they're not, you can't put a price on them. So if we can use him to get into the Champions League next year, then I think by all means we should be. But preferably we hold on to him. He signs a new deal and we can sort of go from there. But it's it's not looking likely at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, it's not. But I feel like, you know, before we end this off, we have to say, you know, I feel like the best way for Arsenal to get to the Champions League is build through the youth that they currently have and make them the core of the squad. Because look at all the um, big things in history, the big teams, the 92 Man United team, you know. There's all these teams that rely on... Even Liverpool now, they've signed all these players, but they also have this backbone of the squad that they've played in Cups, which is all youth teams. Mm. Man United now are looking promising, mainly youth players. Barcelona under Pep Guardiola at the best spell ever. Basically, his Barcelona B team from when he was hired. You know, Mm. I'm not saying that Arsenal are going to win the Premier League with these players, but I'm saying that if these players develop to how good they look, they 100% could be a top 40. Uh, Yeah, I definitely agree. There's a lot of promise. And I think, first of all, we've got to tie the players down just, you know, long-term deals just to make sure that they're not going to leave. Because... one, for example, Saka, he's still not signed a new deal. I think he's definitely a player that we need to prioritise with signing a new contract because he's proven that he can come in and he's, he's got the talent there. There's no doubt about that. So if we can sort of secure him down to a, a long deal, it's not going to be playing on his mind about where he's going to be. He can sort of just focus on his football. But yeah, I definitely agree that we need to, you know, definitely play a lot of the youth players so, I mean, even if we, if we get to play in the Europa League next year, for me, I would genuinely just play a lot of majority youth players, sort of get them playing as a team so that you can build from that and obviously then play the main players in the Premier League and sort of go for the top four that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, we've got a, a lot of young talent. So I, I agree with having to you know, build a team with that and we'll go from there. Yeah, I think we have to agree. And, you know, it's um, uh, before we finish up, Harvey, is there anything you'd like to say before we finish up? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think Arsenal's forwards is 
probably the least controversial thing I'm going to say afternoon is that Arsenal's forward is the most promising uh, side part of the team. Uh, with the players they've currently got and the players that they they will have in the next few years with their youth academy. I mean, let's not beat around the bush. You've got Pepe on finance, but he's 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 got a good sort of couple of years to come. I think his first year being rough or whatever, he's he's done enough like you said earlier, he's you know, he's he's got the goal contributions to sort of show. Yes, a lot of them have been set pieces, free kicks and penalties and whatnot, but even still, it, it doesn't matter how you score them as long as you are scoring them. Um yeah. I think to say that his first season has been, you know, rough or whatever it, it's, it's been a good first season I think it, it can only get better from this point uh, he's, he's 20, 25 I think he's just turned 26 recently um, he's got another year or two and then he'll, he'll, he'll be in his prime years uh, I, I'd like to think he'd be in Arsenal still by then um, and Ketia Ketia's a different story I think I think Arsenal should have left Nketiah leads for the rest of his loan spell. I think calling him back, um, I think it was a little bit premature. He's, he's tw- I think the strike is 21 years old. T- 20, 21 years old. Buckets and buckets of potential. Uh, he, he didn't really hit it off all that when at Leeds because, um, you know, with Bielsa fancying Bamford, is, uh, um, <laughs> that it's it's it, it's hard for another striker to sort of break through. And when he he did play, he showed these sort of short bursts of pace, great finishing and whatnot. I, I think he only managed a few goals when he was at Leeds, and maybe not even that. Um, but it, in the short time that he did sort of show on the pitch, he was he was promising. I think. Maybe going back to Leeds on a, uh, a loan spell or staying there, maybe not have been wise. Maybe another loan, another championship team would have been absolutely ace. I think now, if he'd gone and played a season in the championship, playing most of the games, he would absolutely tear it up. Uh, that isn't to say that he's not ready for the Premier League. Obviously, we've seen him in the last few games. I think I think against Man City, uh, Nat said earlier, they're one of the, the only players that was in good form or showed like, any sign of hope was Leno. I think Nketiah, um, I think he, 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 he put in a good shift. Uh, like a bright spark. He was definitely one of the only positive outfield players. He was like, a player that kept City's defence on their toes enough. Um, I, I think it would be wise for them to keep a hold of him uh, and maybe he could gradually sort of overtake Lacazette in the squad. I think, I think what Arsenal have done with Lacazette is poor. I think because he came from he, he came from Leon, didn't he? That yeah, is right. Yeah, came from Leon on a twenty-something goal season. You know, he'd been in in Leon. He'd been in links with every other bloody club in Europe for a season or two prior to that, with the numbers it was putting forward in a league heavily dominated by PSG. Um, mm. And then he came to Arsenal at a similar time to Aubameyang, and Aubameyang took the, the head role. I've heard loads of Arsenal fans over the years screaming, you know, why haven't they started together? Why haven't they played together? I'm pretty sure they have from time to time, but I think, I think Arsenal have missed out 
on a lot of uh, Lacazette's prime years. Maybe not the peak of his career, but the, you know, some of the better ones uh, with him being sat on the bench or coming off the bench or playing every other two games or something like that. I don't think he's been given uh, the time that he, like a player like he's shown he can be, sort of deserves. Um, we brushed on Martinelli earlier. I think he's absolutely class. Uh, another player, he's he's injured at the moment for, I, I believe it's it's quite a serious injury. He's, um, Arsenal news came out recently. They cleared up Leno's injury and said that he, he isn't going to be out for as long as people think, thought he would be at first. Uh, it isn't the same story for Martinelli. I'm not actually entirely sure what he's, what he's done. Does anyone know what, what Martinelli's done in, um, in terms of injury? I think it's a knee ligament injury. That's serious, but he's out for sure. Yeah, he, he'll, he'll be out for a long time. But from what we've seen, um, he, he, you know, they got him on the cheap from a, um, some back-end club in Brazil, you know. Like, he wasn't a name. And then he comes on the scene and he scores all, all these goals and whatnot and gets the assists and sort of blows people away. And like, oh, my Lord, you know. This guy is four months younger than me. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's frightening what he's doing. So much, yeah. so much talent at this age. Um, you know, it's, it's, it is frightening. And then as far as Aubameyang goes, Another contract expiring in the next season. Um, he's shown his class. You know, he, he tied with a very, very informed Liverpool forward last season. Two forwards, Salah and Mane. I think it was 22 they finished on. I remember um, he missed out on a chance to get a hat-trick that game. Ball came across and he puts it wide, which would have given him the, the golden boot on the last day of the season. But even then, he shared it with uh, with the two other forwards from Liverpool. He's He's... He's shown his class. Yeah, he was absolutely brilliant at Dortmund. He's come to Arsenal in arguably one of the hardest leagues in the world. Um, maybe not this season with the, the point gap at the top, but um, he's, he's, he has shown that he has this class to succeed. But then, like Matt had sort of mentioned earlier, you know, without his goals this season... Uh, Arsenal would be in the relegation zones, which would make West Ham's fight a little bit easier, I guess. But um, he seems to be the only um, proof, I think proof's the wrong word, the only hope that Arsenal got of scoring goals. Um, and I think you'll often find in a lot of teams that do succeed in leagues all around the world, especially in Europe, the ones that I know of, Goals come from all over the pitch. You know, we saw Real Madrid win the league a couple of years ago and they had five players in the starting 11 with more than 10 goals um, in that one season. You know, it, it's, it's, it's these teams that can get goals from the defence, from midfield, from numerous attackers that succeed. Nicolas Pepe, I'm sure, in the, uh, in the seasons to come, fingers crossed for Arsenal fans at least, with the money that they've spent on him. Uh, spending on him, sorry. Um, he also proves to be a player like that. Lacazette, I think he's past his best. Martinelli, I think he's got a couple of years before he really has that breakthrough um, starting eleven role. And I hope that he does get that. I really hope that Arsenal don't keep him on the bench for all these years. Um, 
and you know sort of waste his his growth seasons. Um, I don't. I would. I wouldn't like to see that. I think he 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 could become one of the great um, sort of forwards uh, in the in the Premier League history with the age that he's at now and what he's he's done so far. What I will mention quickly before I hand over back to Gaff to round it up is that um, Aubameyang. I've heard this from from that earlier from a lot of my friends that do sort of follow Arsenal. Is that Aubameyang is played out position. Um, not not to where he he wants to be. Am I right in saying that he's played on the left and he'd rather be a striker, or is it either way around now? Yeah, he's he's played out wide on sort of the wing almost. And for me, obviously, and well, Aubameyang, he's he's a striker, so he needs the sort of play that he needs to play central. I think Arteta sort of wants to use his pace on the wing, which I can understand. But I think yeah. you can put Saka in that position and he'll do just as well. And if you played Abamyang through the middle, he's got a lot more chance of... I mean, he's still scoring plenty of goals when playing out wide. So, I mean, if you put him through the middle, you know, he's going to score even more. So, I mean, yeah, he definitely wants to play central. It's pretty obvious. So, we need to put him there, really. I think they would benefit from that, definitely. But um, on that topic, uh, Gaff, that's, that's my roundup of the forwards. Not a very... Harsh critic this time round. I think that's that's a place where Arsenal have uh, have for the future for sure. Yeah. So basically, to sum this um, entire thing up, while we end, um, good luck, Arsenal. Good luck. Enjoy, enjoy being a mid-table team for a few years. But yeah, basically that's it for rebuilding Arsenal. Um, we hope you all liked it. Uh, thank you for Harvey and Nat for coming on today. Uh, so, yeah, like the video, subscribe, share with your friends, please. Follow the Twitter, the Instagram, like everything on those. Um, go follow Nat's page. If you don't, you clearly don't love your family. But anyway, thank you for all watching and goodbye. <laughs>